We're in the next fruit of the Spirit, which is faithfulness. We've been going through this series on living the abundant life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And we've been learning that as we walk with Jesus, what happens is he produces fruit in our lives. He said that if we abide in him, he'll abide in us and he will produce much fruit. But apart from him, we can do nothing. And so we've been learning through this series in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, some of, the, some of the fruits that Jesus puts in our lives, the abundant fruit that he adds to us and the abundant life he gives to us includes love, joy, peace, patience, we all need more of that, patience, goodness. Now, next one, faithfulness, faithfulness. And we've only got a couple left we're cruising through this series on the fruits of the Spirit. We'll be back in our journey through the New Testament in just a few weeks after we finish these fruits, nine fruits of the Spirit. We're on number seven today, faithfulness. Faithfulness, faithfulness. And so, so let me give you a couple scriptures. We're gonna be, uh, put your seatbelts on because we're gonna go through a lot of scripture today on faithfulness. We're gonna grab scripture throughout the whole Bible on faithfulness faithfulness. Proverbs 28, 20, our first one this morning. A faithful man will abound with what? Many blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will go unpunished. And so faithfulness, as we learn to be a faithful people and allow this fruit of the Spirit of faithfulness to grow in our lives, it's going to bring blessing, blessing into our lives. Now here's a question. What's the word faithfulness mean? What does it mean, this fruit of the spirit of faithfulness? What does it mean to be a people of faithfulness? Well, I went to the Webster Dictionary, and Webster defines this word faithfulness as steady in allegiance and affection. Faithfulness means to be loyal, constant, reliable, trusted, or believed in, accurate, thorough in performance or duty. Here's some of the synonyms from Webster for faithfulness. Constant, loyal, dependable, and devoted. Sounds pretty accurate, doesn't it? And you know, we all know the frustration of being around people that don't live in this fruit of the spirit of faithfulness, right? We all know the frustration of people who say something and do something else. We all know the frustration of people that say they're, they're gonna come through and they fall through. They say one thing and they do another thing. That's, that's the opposite of faithfulness. We're living in a culture that's marked by unfaithfulness. Can't count on people anymore. Used to be people would be people of their word. If they say they're gonna do something, do something. A handshake was all you need. What do you need today? Contracts, <laughs> prenuptial agreements, uh, lawyers. It seems like every other office you drive by nowadays is a lawyer's office. Because of the lack of faithfulness in our culture today, we, we're living in an unfaithful culture. And out in the midst of the unfaithfulness in our culture today, God's calling us out as a people. And he wants us to be shining lights in the midst of darkness. He wants us to be shining lights of faithfulness in an unfaithful culture. Why? Why should we be faithful when everybody else is faithless? Why should we be dependable and loyal and constant in our performance and duty when nobody else is? Why, why don't we just go with everybody else and just go with the culture that says, you know, just do what you need to do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a person of your word. You don't have to be dependable. Nobody else is. Why should we be a faithful people? Answer, because we got a faithful God. And God says again in Ephesians chapter five, be imitators of me. 
We have a faithful God. I'll give you seven ways, and we'll start with that this morning. Seven ways that God is faithful, and he has faithfulness towards us. And by the way, it's really interesting to me, before we look at these seven ways, that we do scripture memory every week. And it's amazing, because the scripture for this week, for memory, we're going through this topical memory system with the staff, and then we put the scripture of the week that we're memorizing as a staff in the bulletin. Guess what the topical memory system verse was for this week? Well, you can look at it in your bulletin. Lamentations chapter three. This is God's timing. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. His compassions are new or never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your... We weren't smart enough to time it that way, but God was. And the scripture that we landed on for this week for our topical memory system talked about how great is God's faithfulness. How is God's faithfulness to his great? Seven ways. If you're taking notes, look at all seven of these. First of all, God is faithful to us, and he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Remember what Hebrews 13 says? It says this, that God will never, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. It says we're to be content with the idea that Jesus said, I will never desert you nor will I ever forsake you. Jesus said after his great commission, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, he said, and lo, I will be with you every once in a while. What does he say? I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He's faithful to never leave us nor forsake us. I love Isaiah 43, verse one. It says, but know this, thus says the Lord, you creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. Do not fear, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, what does God say? I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I'm the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I've given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place. He's talking to his people now. He says, since you are precious in my sight, since you're honored and I love you, I will give other men in place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, here's God's promise, for I am with you. How's God faithful? He'll never leave you nor forsake you, and he'll always be with you even to the end of the age. That's God's faithfulness. Always has been faithful, always will be faithful to be with us, and not only be with us, to be for us. Here's another way God's faithful. God's faithful in protecting us from evil and the evil one. Psalm 91 says he's given angels charge concerning us. Concerning what? To guard us in all our ways. He's faithful in protecting us from evil, but not only from evil, but from the evil one. Listen to how he protects us from the evil one. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, great verse on this. It says, no temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. God is what? There is. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you'll be able to endure it. God protects us not only from danger and evil, he protects us from the evil one. He puts this hedge of protection around every believer that says, I will not allow any temptation to come that you can't endure, that you can't escape from, because I have this hedge of protection from the evil one around you. That's good news. There's not only angels giving charge concern us, there's a hedge of protection under his authority that says, I'm only gonna allow this much temptation, only what you can endure and only what you could say no to will I allow in your life. God is faithful to protect us from evil, danger, and the evil one. Hey, God is faithful also in the way he provides for us, isn't he? One of the names for God in the Old Testament, Jehovah Jireh, it means the Lord will provide. He's faithful in providing for us, isn't he? 
And I love Philippians 4.19. It says, my God shall supply all your needs according to the riches of Christ Jesus. It's wonderful. God's faithful, and he takes care of us. He provides for us. We've been working on this missionary home for our missionaries from Trinidad. And it's wonderful because <laughs> I've just seen God's hand of provision through this whole process of getting a new, new double white out in Gilbert, and it's going to be our hospitality house for missionaries. And every step of the way, God's provided. It's been amazing. We had just two individuals come up and just say, basically, uh, through the, their two donations, they paid for the whole double white down. And then another individual, one of, the, one of those individuals, he's a home builder. He's got three model homes that he had to put new inventory in. He donated all the furniture for the missionary home from the three model homes. And this stuff was like brand new furniture. It's amazing. Every step of the way, the, we want to do brick underpinning around the double wide to make it a more permanent look and stuff. I call this Meridian Brick Place. And the, the, the guy that's the salesman at the brick place is a guy that in the beginning days of Calvary Chapel was very involved with our church. Jason Holmes is his name. And I remembered him. And he, he remembered me, and he said, I'm going to give you the best deal possible. He gave us the brick for maybe a half price. Provision after provision after provision I've seen in the last couple months. And then this week, we should be done with the whole process and move Francis and uh, uh, Susie into their new missionary home, and it's been provided for every step of the way. Our God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. He's faithful in his provision for us. It's amazing. I see it over and over again. Here's another way God's faithful. He's faithful in his love for us. Did you know that? Jeremiah tells us he loves us with an everlasting love. A love that will never quit. Uh, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we we're yet sinners, what did Christ do? Christ, you ever, if you ever doubt whether God's love has been faithful to you, you, you just got a bad memory because you got to go back to the cross. And when you go back to the cross and you see what God did, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, you'll see the faithful love of God. It's amazing. Amazing love. How can it be that you, my king, would die for me? That's faithfulness right there. In Romans chapter 8, the very end of the chapter, it says, and nothing can separate you from the love of Christ or the love of God found in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's faithful love. This love is amazing testament of his faithfulness to us. Here's another way. Here's, this is amazing how God's faithful. He's faithful to us even when we're not faithful. We quoted that earlier. It says in this, 2 Timothy 2.13 talks about this. Even if we are faithless, he remains, God remains what? Why? Because he can't deny himself. That's just who he is. God's faithful. You know, I felt really old this week because I was contemplating God's faithfulness since I came to Christ. I felt old because I, I traced it back. I came to Christ in February 1978. I was 17 years old, and I came, when I came to, came to Christ, that was today. It's, it's, it's 40 years ago. I've been walking with the Lord now 40 years since I got saved. And I was thinking about the last 40 years. I've been, I've been a Christian now twice as long as I was a non-Christian. Over twice as long. And I was thinking about the last 40 years of walking with the Lord. And to be honest with you, last 40 years, two times more than longer than I was uh, non-saved, I've done some really dumb things. I've done some things where if I was God, I would have quit on me. <laughs> I've done some things, made some mistakes, and had some failures that just, <sighs> dumb. 
But you know, God never quit on me. He's never given up on me. He's been faithful to me, even in my failures, even in my mistakes, even in the dumb things. He's stood by my side, and he's never quit because he's faithful. He's a faithful God. Don't look at me like that because you've done some dumb things too. And God's been faithful to you, right? Every, every step of the way, he's been faithful because that's just who he is. He can't deny himself. Here's another way God's faithful. Listen to this. God's faithful in forgiving us. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is what? He's faithful and he's just. And he'll forgive us our sins and then he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful in forgiving us. Now we've been doing our U-turn for Christ ministry now here on this campus for the last 18, I think 18 plus years. And we've seen literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of men go through our U-turn program and many of them be forgiven, restored, and back to just walking with the Lord and doing well in life. And what I've seen through our U-turn for Christ ministry, I've seen, we've seen some rough characters come through our U-turn. I mean, guys that have some past, some things that were just some really bad things they've done in their past. And I've seen time after time as guys come through U-turn and they truly confess their sins and repent and bring that honestly to the throne of grace. I've seen God faithfully forgive them and cleanse them and get them right and get them restored and reconciled and even families being fixed. Why? Because God's faithful. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what your past is. It matters if you come to the throne of grace with confession and repentance, he will forgive because he's faithful. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. Another part of his faithfulness is the way he forgives sins. Hmm. Last way I see God being faithful, and there's probably more, but these are just the seven I came up with. God's faithful. He's faithful to continue to work in our lives. Do you know that? By his Holy Spirit, he's working in you and through you. The Bible says, Philippians 2.13, it says this, that God, for his will and good pleasure, is at work in your life. And Philippians 1.6 says this, he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it, another version says, will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's faithful. And as long as you're surrendered to him, as long as you're walking with him, he will day by day be changing you and conforming you and bringing you more and more into the image of Christ. He's faithful. And the Hebrews chapter 12, too, says that he is going to be the perfecter. Another version says the finisher of our faith. He'll be working as you surrender to him, as you walk with him. He will carry to completion the good work that he's begun in your life. He will finish what he's started. He's not like a lot of us with half-done projects. You know what I'm saying? He starts something and then stays in the garage. No, that's not the way that God works with us. He's faithful to carry to completion the good work that he's begun in each one of us. He's faithful. So seven ways God's faithful to us. Now, let's get to the brass tacks. As people that need to be faithful because we have a faithful God, what are some ways that God's calling us to live in this fruit of the spirit of faithfulness? What are we supposed to be faithful to? I'll give you six ways that we're supposed to be faithful. Here, first way we're supposed to be faithful, very important. We're to be faithful to our families. Faithful. What is it, again, what's the definition of faithful? Dependable, loyal, committed. When we give our word on something, we're gonna do what we say we're gonna do. Faithful, faithful. It starts with our marriages. 
you're married, you can be faithful to your spouse. And we're living in a culture where faithfulness to spouses is rampantly being destroyed. 50% of marriages in our culture today end in divorce. I was reading this week, not only does 50% of our, our, our marriages in the United States end in divorce, but for, uh, Divorce Magazine came out with a poll and said that 40 to 50% of women interviewed or polled in the United States today have admitted to having some kind of extramarital affair. And then it also went on to say that 50% of the men polled admitted to some kind of extramarital affair also. And it said that up to 40% of the divorces in our culture today is because of infidelity. Faithlessness and not faithfulness in marriages is rampant in our culture today. And as Christians, we need to be just the opposite. The Bible says very clear in Hebrews, Hebrews the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, marriage is to be held in honor among all people, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled for fornicators and adulterers. God will judge. My last kid, Daniel, we had a wedding shower for him last Sunday. And it's getting kind of sentimental lately because this is our last kid that's flying the coop. We had a great time. We had a bunch of people from Calvary Chapel afterwards going to the cafe. And we, had, we did a double header, actually. We did his fiance's uh, uh, parents hosted a, a wedding shower Friday night, last Friday night. And then we did a Calvary Chapel one Sunday afternoon. Just, uh, boy, they got a lot of good gifts, too. It was wonderful. But uh, after the wedding shower on Sunday... Uh, we went back to my office, and we started premarital counseling with my youngest son. It's got a little awkward, dad, being the pastoral premarital counseling person. But I gave him Raul Reese's book. Raul Reese has got a great little uh, marriage book, and it talks about the seven duties of the husband, the seven duties of the wife, and the purpose of marriage. It's all chalk-filled with scripture. But uh, we talked about the wedding that we're going to do in a few weeks for him and Kylie. But next meeting we're going to have in the next week or two we're going to do the second session. We're going to go over Raul Reese's book, and then we're going to talk about the vows. And we're going to hit it hard. And I'm going to make it very clear, like I did with my other kids that I officiated weddings for. When you give these vows, Daniel Hoppy, you're saying, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and health, you're going to be faithful to one another as long as you both shall live. And we're going to, we're going to, go, we're going to drive it home. Because I want my kids to know the importance as they get married to their spouses, the importance of being faithful in those vows that they make before God and us. And we, all, we as Christians, we need to re-up re on that. Doesn't matter how unfaithful our culture is, we need to be faithful to our families and our spouses. And if everybody else and their brother is unfaithful, that gives us no excuse, because Christians, we're supposed to be faithful to our families and to our spouses. Stay faithful. And also, listen, be faithful not only to your spouses, be faithful to your kids. When you tell your kids you're gonna do something with them or for them, do it. Let your yes be yes, your no be no with your kids. Be faithful, hey kids, as you start growing up and you start having a, uh, a busyness and stuff like that, here's what's gonna happen, the, the roles are gonna switch. And as parents, as we get adult kids and they get too busy for us, hey, still stay faithful to them, still love them, Stay committed to calling them and be faithful to them. Hey, and listen, as we get older, here's what happens too. Our parents start needing us to be faithful to them, right? One of the most poignant scenes in the entire scripture to me is Jesus when he's on the cross. He's dying for our sins. And instead of thinking about himself, he looks to his mom, and then he looks to his closest friend, John, 
And he says, he says to John, hey, or it says to, first of all, to his, his mom, he says, woman, behold your son. And looks right to his closest friend, John. And then he says to John, John, behold your mom. You know what Jesus was doing there? He was entrusting the care of his mom to his best friend because he wanted to make sure his mom was taken care of. And in a culture that just discards senior citizen, adult parents, we're to be faithful to our parents. Amen? Take care of them, man. They, took, they changed your diapers 10,000 times, average baby. We should take care and be faithful to our parents. My sister gave me a, a SOS call when my mom first started struggling with Alzheimer's. It got so bad my sister couldn't handle it anymore. My sister called me out of the blue and she said, uh, Chip, my nickname's Chip. She said, Chip, um, uh, we're going to move to South Carolina. She was in Chicago being the main caretaker for my mom. My dad had already passed. And I said, say what? You're going to move to South Carolina? And she goes, yeah, we're moving to South Carolina. We'll bring a mom with because I need your help. She brought mom down. And mom's Alzheimer's had gotten so bad that she needed multiple people to take care of her. We ended up having to put her in the Carol Campbell place. But I remember my sister and I came up with a game plan in my mom's last years. And that was we were going to visit her every day. Either my sister or I were going to come in and visit mom every day, seven days a week. And, I, and, and, I, and, I, and you know, I look back on those three years of mom being in the Carol Campbell place and the opportunity for us to every day visit her. That was a privilege and an honor. And it was an opportunity for us to be faithful to mom in her last days. I remember going and singing with her because uh, she had very little cognitive ability, but I would sing with her on a regular basis. Uh, Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It was a wonderful time of just being faithful and standing by my mom's side in her last days. It was wonderful. Let's be faithful to our parents in these last, uh, these last times that we have with them. Amen? Amen? All right, secondly, we're to be faithful not only to our families, but we're to be faithful to our friends. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You know what that's saying? If you're going to be faithful to your friends, you're going to be faithful to your friends even when they're facing adversity. And I think sometimes what happens is we're a friend only when things are advantageous to us to be friends with that person. And then when our friends have needs and they have adversity in their life, we're going to be faithful to them if we're going to be a faithful friend. That's what loyalty and dependability is all about. And the Bible makes it very clear. Jesus isn't just faithful to us when, when things are well in our lives. He's faithful to us no matter what we face in our lives. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And we do be the same way with the friends that we have. Faithful even when they're in the midst of adversity. That's very important. Interesting, when I was going through uh, this virus I had a few years ago in my eye, I, I just had a real tough time with my health for a season. And it was very tough because for 50-some years, I never had any health issues. And then all of a sudden, this thing hit me like a tsunami because I had this chronic pain in the cornea of my eye and stuff. And I had to, some of you remember, you were there. I had to take a sabbatical and everything else. And it was a tough time of trials because I'd never had health issues up until 50-some years. I didn't miss a Sunday of preaching for like thir almost 30 years until this virus hit. And it just knocked, the, it was tough. And I remember in the midst of that, I have a, one of my best friends he lives on the other side of the world in a place called Maui, Hawaii. And Dan Williams, I did his wedding. I had the opportunity in California. I was out there to actually lead him to Christ. And he's one of my best friends. 
You know, through that whole period when that was really tough with my health issues and stuff, Dan called me just about every single month. I mean, he was like three, three or 4,000 miles away. Okay, John, how are you doing this month? And I was struggling, but every single month that guy called me. And I love him for that because he was faithful to me even when times were tough in my life. Let's be that kind of friend to other people. You know what? And some of you are saying, well, I don't have friends that are faithful to me. You know how you get friends that are faithful to you no matter what life throws at you? By being faithful to them. Listen to Proverbs 18.24. It talks about this in the uh, New King James Version. It says this, a man who has friends must himself be what? Friendly. You want to have more friends? You want to have faithful friends? Be friendly to other people that way, right? Faithfulness to our friends, important part of living out this through the spirit of faithfulness. Here's another way. Be faithful in your word. What did Jesus say? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be faithful in your word. When you say you're going to do something as a Christian, if you're living with the spirit of, uh, uh, the, for the spirit of faithfulness, you will be, when you yes be yes, you know be no. We're doing this uh, missionary house. And one of the things we needed to get done was we needed to get the brick underpinning done, around, like I shared earlier, around the house. And the, one of the contractors we had lined up, this brick guy, we had lined up for weeks, uh, a Christian guy, and uh, we had lined him up, and he was supposed to start not, not this last, he was supposed to start like a, a week or a week and a half ago. And he had some issues in his family, he couldn't start, and then he lined up another day to start, and he didn't start on that day. And he lined up another day to start, he didn't start on that day. We have missionaries, we need to get in the house. And so I had to do one of those pastoral calls. And I called him, the bricklayer. And I said, you know, I know you got issues going on, but we have missionaries that need a house. And you said you were going to start last week at this day. You didn't start. You said you are going to start this day a few days ago, and you didn't start. And I, I said, when can you start? And he said, well, we will start on Thursday. I pinned him down with that word, right? And he said, we'll start on Thursday. And I told him right straight up. I said, and listen, I know you're a Christian, right? And he goes, yeah, I'm a Christian. I said, well, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I need you to be a man of your word and get this thing started on Thursday this week. I did it graciously. I wasn't that harsh in saying that to him, but I did it. And I said, I need you to be faithful in your word to get this done. You know, he got, he sent probably two crews out there on Thursday. And I thought it would take him two, three days to do all the work, the whole foundation of the, they got it done in one day. I don't think he wanted to talk to me again. But I, I was holding him to what? Faithfulness to his word, right? And that's what we need to have as Christians. We name the name of Christ. When we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. Because Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Here's another way to be faithful. Very simple. Be faithful in your giving and your serving. Pastor Mike did a great job last Wednesday night talking to him about from Malachi chapter 3 about giving. He used that great scripture on tithing. He said, the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, if you don't bring your whole tithe to the storehouse, you're robbing God. And then it said, test me now in this and see. If, I don't bring, if you bring your whole tithe to the storehouse, if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. Interesting. God's calling us to be faithful in our giving. And he tells us in that scripture, if we don't bring our tithe to the storehouse, we're robbing him. You need to be faithful. And it's the only place in scripture 
We're told, if you test me in this, test me, go and try it, and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and bless you if you're faithful in your giving. We're to be faithful in our giving. And here's the promise. You're faithful in your giving. Give and it'll be given on to you. Pour it out. Overflowing your life. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, test God in this. Try it. And see if God won't be faithful in blessing you back if you bring your whole tithe to the stores. Be faithful in your giving. But also, listen, be faithful in your serving. The Bible says we're not only given treasures, resources, we're given time and talents. And we're to use our time and our talents in this life to serve him and be faithful in using those gifts and those talents God has given you. That's part of our faithfulness is our serving. We need to be people that serve and serve well, giving and serving. You know, we're living in this consumer culture. What does that mean? Everybody's shopping all the time. If you doubt that, go to somewhere on Black Friday. I've done that a couple times. I got a flat screen TV one time because it was so much cheaper, but the last time I went on a Black Friday thing, I will never do that ever again. It was just like a line, a block long line just to get into Best Buy, crazy. We're living in a consumer culture, aren't we? Don't use that consumer culture in church. Church isn't about what can the church do for you. Church is about what can you do using your gifts to serve the Lord within the church God's called you to, right? And we have this consumer culture where people are coming to church and they're having this attitude that says, hey, the church isn't meeting my needs. The church isn't feeding me. The church isn't helping me. The church isn't friendly enough to me. That's not what it's about. What it's about is using your gifts that you have to serve the Lord faithfully. It's not about what the church can do for you. It's about what you can do for Jesus and using what God's given you to serve him faithfully within the church God's called you to. John F. Kennedy, when he gave his inauguration speech in the 60s, he came into office and he said, ask not what this country could do for you, ask what you can do for this country. And that's a good line for us with the church. Ask not what your church can do for you, ask what you could do for your church for Jesus Christ and faithfully serving him in the church that God's called you to be a part of, amen? Amen. That's part of faithfulness, it's part of faithfulness. Here's another way we would be faithful. Be faithful in your work. Hey, listen, the worst witness we could have is to be flaky, undependable, and not people of our word in the work that God's called us to do out in the marketplace. People are watching you. If you profess the name of Christ, and then, you, then you're, you're not a good worker, that's, that's a terrible witness. Jesus said, let your light shine before men in such a way they may see your good works and they too may glorify your Father in heaven. Amen? And if you're naming the name of Christ, you should be the best workers out there because that's a big part of your witness. Listen to what Paul said to the Colossians about this very thing. He spoke to the Colossians and he said this. It's up on the screen. Whatever you do, Colossians 3.17, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And then verse 23 goes on and says this. Whatever you do, do your work what? Heartily. Ask for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the reward of inheritance. It's the Lord Christ whom you serve. Out in the workplace, you're not serving your tyrant boss. You're serving Jesus because your faithful work is a witness for him. Amazing. One of the worst jobs I ever had. My dad insured through college and seminary years, especially college years, he insured that he got me some of the toughest jobs possible because he had this mentality. I give him these really tough, labor, laborious jobs, he'll stay in school. 
And so one summer, I'll never forget, I mean, we, I had all kinds of jobs. I mean, one summer I had, I painted billboards, the, the structures of billboards for his friend that owned a billboard company. We were in the worst parts of Chicago, and we had these long poles with rollers, and this was before safety harnesses, and we'd be up on these 60, 50-foot-high platforms just painting the structures like this. I'd come home like this, and I got over my fear of heights that summer. Another summer, I painted houses for his friend that was a, was a house painter. But in one summer, he got me a job. It was putting tar on commercial roofs, on flat commercial roofs throughout these different parts of Chicago. And we'd be up there, you know, 100-degree heat with obviously no fans or anything like that, and we'd be rolling tar on the top of these commercial roofs. And I, I had a little bit of an attitude when we first started that. I'm going, what in the world? This is the worst job I've ever had. But God had me on the crew with a guy with his last name. I'll never forget him because my last name is Hoppy. His last name was Hopper. And Hopper was a Christian. And I was a brand new Christian. I was only a couple years old in the Lord. But Hopper was a more seasoned Christian. He was actually going to Moody Bible Institute. And he was going to be a preacher and a pastor. And I learned from this guy. One of the things I learned was this guy, in his Christianity, in his work, he was faithful. This guy worked harder than anybody else on our crew. He got there early and he stayed late. He did the best job possible. And I tell you what, he was, he was, he was strong and fervent. And whatever he, whatever he did, he did it well with hard work. And it was terrible work. And I'll never forget, I talked to one of the, the foremen that was over us one day during one of our breaks. And I said, well, what do you think of Hopper? And this foreman smoked cigarettes. He swore he was lost as a rock. And he said this, I don't like the guy. I said, well, why don't you like the guy? He said, he works harder than anybody else around here. He goes, that's exactly why I don't like him. As a foreman, I'm going, he's the hardest worker you got. You don't like him? And you don't like him because he's such a hard worker? He goes, yeah, I don't like him. Because he tells me I need to receive Christ, and if I don't receive Christ, I'm going to hell. And he's the best worker I've ever had, and I, I'm having a hard time not listening to him. Because he's, he's here early, he stays late, and he works harder than anybody else, and he's telling me I'm going to hell. I'm going, that's what a faithful worker will do. He'll get under your skin because you see Christ in his work. You see that? Let your light shine before men that others may see your good works, and they too may glorify your Father in heaven. Be faithful in your work. Last thing we're supposed to be faithful in, <laughs> Be faithful in our obedience to God's word. You know, I think a lot of times as Christians, especially Calvary Chapel Christians, we don't have a knowledge problem. You know what we have? We have an obedience problem. That's what we have. It's, it's not that we need to know more scripture. We need to live more scripture. That's our problem. And if we're going to be faithful to God, we need to be faithful not only to know God's word, but to live God's word. Not only to hear God's word, Scripture says, but to obey God's word. Listen to what James says about that in the, uh, the half-brother of Jesus when he talked about this obedience. He said this, James 1, 21 and 22, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, do what? Receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls, but prove yourself what? doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. That's it right there. We're to be faithful not only to learn and know God's word, but to live it. Not only just to be a hearer of God's word, but a doer 
of God's word. That's what faithful Christians do. And you know, the Lord's allowed me to be a pastor now for 31 years. The Lord's allowed me to teach the word in Calvary Chapel for 31 years. And the challenge for my life to this day is to not just know it, but John, are you living it? Are you being obedient? And my one of the prayers for myself is, Lord, keep my heart soft and keep me with a, with a heart that wants to be obedient to your word and wants to live your word. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time. Still do. After 40 years of walking with the Lord. But you know, I try to be like David, a man after God's own heart, because David made mistakes too, but he always repented. And he had a heart that said, create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit to me and, and take not the joy of my salvation, right? And take not the Holy Spirit from me. David wanted to have a heart of obedience and repentance. That's a part of being faithful to our God. I want to have that kind of heart too. And hey, listen, I want to have a whole church full of people too that want to not only learn this book, but live it. Because that's an important part of our witness, being faithful to being obedient to God's word. Amen? Amen. So what do we learn about faithfulness this morning? Hey, there's seven or six ways we're to be faithful. We're to be faithful to our families, our spouses, our kids, our parents. We're to be faithful to our friends, even in adversity. We're to be faithful in our word. We're to be faithful in our giving and our serving. We're to be faithful in our work. And we're to be faithful to an obedience to God's word. But listen, our motivation and our example for faithfulness should be our God. And our God, seven ways, is faithful. God is faithful that he will never leave us nor forsake us. God is faithful in protecting us from evil and the evil one. God is faithful in providing for us. God is faithful in his love for us. God is faithful even when we're faithless. God is faithful to forgive us. God is faithful to continue to work in our lives on a daily basis. God is faithful. So be faithful, Christians. One of my regrets of my 10 years I lived in California was we, I never made a trip to Yellowstone Park. Just is too busy. But I always wanted to go to Yellowstone Park. And one of the reasons I always wanted to go to Yellowstone Park is because I hear there's a geyser there. The name of the geyser is Old Faithful. And you know, I was doing some reading on Old Faithful this week. You know why this geyser that <clears throat> shoots up in the air is called Old Faithful? I was reading about it this week and it said, said this about Old Faithful. It said that, uh, that geyser every 65 minutes erupts. In 65 minutes to about 100 minutes. Every single hour to two hours, it erupts. It erupts with this up to 160 foot high explosions. Every 65 to 120 minutes. You can count on it. It's dependable. It's loyal. It's going to happen every 65 to 120 minutes. Now, interesting. I was reading this week, too. There's other geysers in Yellowstone that erupt with more explosion and even higher heights than 120 feet. But everybody wants to go see Old Faithful. You know why? Because it's faithful. It's going to erupt. If you stay there for 65 to 120 minutes, you're going to see something. It's going to be faithful. Those other geysers, you don't know. And I was thinking this week, in closing this morning, I was thinking... May we be a bunch of old faithfuls. May people know that they could count on us. May people know that we're going to be dependable, that we're going to be loyal, that our yes is going to be yes and our no is going to be no. We're going to do what we say. 
We're going to be people of our word. We're going to be loyal. We can be counted on. With our friends, with our family, with our church, most importantly, with our Lord and our obedience to his word. Christian, let's be faithful. Faithfulness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for your faithfulness to us. It's amazing. Amazing how faithful you've been to us. Lord, you've been faithful in that you've never left us nor forsaken us. You've been faithful in protecting us from evil and the evil one. You've been faithful in providing for us and loving us. You've been faithful even when we've been faithless. You've been faithful to forgive us. You've been faithful to constantly work in our lives. And we just thank you for that this morning, Lord, your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. And Father, in the midst of that, would you help us to be a faithful people, Lord? Help us to be faithful to our families, to our friends, to our service for you, to our giving to you, Lord. Help us to be faithful, Lord. Help us to be faithful, most importantly, Lord, to obedience to you, God, and to your word. Help us not to be just learning this stuff and not living it, Lord. Forgive us for our head knowledge and our lack of obedience in our heart, Lord. And give us hearts like David, hearts after you, God. Hearts that will still make mistakes at times, but we want to be obedient. We want to be faithful in our life for you, God. And Father, would you forgive us again for our double-sidedness, Lord? And would you put in our hearts a faithfulness to serve you and live for you, Father? Thank you so much for all that you're teaching us, Lord. And thank you, God, again, for your faithfulness to us. Thank you that you are a God whose compassions never cease. Your steadfast love is new every morning. Great, great is your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for that this morning, Lord. And put in our hearts a resolve, a decision, a commitment to be a faithful people for you. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Let's all stand, church.